So I went to go see the Fast and Furious 9. Ah, yes. Yesterday. Uh-huh. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie before. Okay, so what were your expectations when you went into the movie? Uh, I... I was expecting an action movie, a fast, fast-paced action movie. But then, the Fast and Furious Nine gave me that and a lot more. Uh, there was a lot of movie in the Fast and Furious Nine. So you mentioned that you watched, you haven't watched any of the Fast and Furious franchise movie before, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, do you enjoy what you have seen so far? I think so I, I i would give the movie a solid uh, like five out of ten and like uh, it does its action scenes quite well except for the the parts where like the the physically impossible parts where cars are literally flying around and then uh, people are getting shot and then they they just survive the entire time they go to space did i tell you they go to space oh i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> so in this this movie fast and furious 9 uh, i think they needed to up the stakes a little bit more and I'm sure they need to up the stakes every movie but two of the characters an engineer and a master driver they go to space in a car with a rocket attached to it what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> exactly my reaction is like and the best part is they are dropped off by a spaceship and so the spaceship is holding the car and, the, and so it drops the car off and then the car launches into space Presumably because one of the characters can control the car with a steering wheel. And their job is to take down some satellite or whatever. Mm, okay. So I haven't watched the movie yet. Uh-huh. So I have zero idea what's going to happen. But actually, I thought that once... What's that guy's name? The the guy who, who passed away? I, I, Paul, I Walker, thought, Paul Walker. Yeah, okay, I thought when Paul Walker passed away, right? The yeah. franchise was over. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, they had like that sentimental and emotional song written just for Paul Walker yep. where the cars drove to different lanes, different roads. Yep. And then I thought that was the end. So I didn't really follow what happened afterwards. Wait, how many Fast and Furious movies have you watched? Uh, I didn't start from the beginning. So I, I just watched one or two here and there. Uh-huh. And then finally, the fifth movie, which is the one Paul Walker died in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so I think I watched the third. Uh-huh. Uh, the second, the third, and the fifth. Second, and then I didn't watch anything okay. else. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I think most people would have watched until the fifth. And then, like, after the fifth, it just started to evolve into a different kind of movie franchise. Yeah. So, after the movie, I had to go check this out on Wikipedia, right? But Paul Walker's character is mentioned in name. And he is supposedly babysitting the, the child of Vin Diesel's character during the events of the movie. Because <laughs> Vin Diesel's child in the movie just disappears like through the movie and then there's like no one watching him and they explain that Paul Walker is supposedly babysitting mm. the entirety of the movie and like at the end of the movie there's a scene that where uh, apparently it's Paul Walker's character's car that shows up and it's implied that he shows up for a gathering in the latest movie? yeah in the latest movie okay the, that's the man's very dead weird. the man's dead let him be dead that's a very weird way to bring him back so actually, by doing that, right, they are downplaying like the emotional separation they had in the fifth movie. You know, mm, yeah, like, yeah. Like, why bring a dead man back? It's the same as you know the Star Wars movie where Carrie Fisher, you know, sort of, they had to reimagine her in three D for yeah. for certain portions of the movie when actually she's already dead. Yeah, right? I, I don't think anyone liked that. 
the whole thing I, I really hated yeah the uncanny yeah. valley kind of thing because one if they don't do it well right yep. it's gonna look very artificial yeah yeah so actually even in Fast Furious 5 right Paul Walker had a very fake looking expression as he drove off yep and I could see that you no know, but but because I'm a 3D artist of some sort yep I would be able to tell like what's real and what's not but then I guess for your regular <laughs> audience yep they wouldn't be able to point it out lah. so yeah. I think that that's where the, the the target audience are anyway it, it's true but I think give them another like five years they'll, they'll look back at the movie and be like oh my goodness like what was this yeah yeah I mean it's there are visual effect artists on YouTube who scrutinize past graphics in older movies mm-hmm. and at that time it would be like whoa this is realistic as fuck yep. but then as it, it's it's the process of improvisation and technology that you can tell that it looked bad after like 5 years or 10 years right mm-hmm. yeah that's true I mean uh, you know they always say like you know the more practical effects you use the more the, the longer the you know it, it it's gonna last the better it's gonna look in like 10 20 years but like what what do you think like if we try not to rely on like vfx artists right then like people like you will be like out of a job so mm. what do you, how do you think we should manage this so i think what vfx artists like us can do right is not concentrate so much on humanoid or uh, humanoid characters mm-hmm. what we can do is improvisation of inanimate objects like buildings and yep. props even create fictional worlds yep. that actually makes your story for you because it's in a way world building and yep. if your world is believable enough mm-hmm. your story will too oh okay yeah it makes sense I, I think it's also like the biggest cost savings yeah. in terms of like uh, you don't have to build an actual set yeah, yeah whereas you can, it's easier to just like hire an actor and, and things like that right yeah actually what we are experiencing now is already loads of green screens yep. and props that are basically green boxes. So the artist, all the artist needs to do is to frame everything around the character, which your actor will be wearing a mocap suit, a motion capture, motion capture suit. Mm-hmm. And then they will just crop everything around the actor and then put in their props, environments and everything. That's where the artists will work their magic and create the world that is believable enough for your story. Mm. I believe most of us watch The Lord of the Rings, right? Yep, I did. Right? So, if you notice the difference between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, ah, okay. the Urukai in Lord of the Rings looks really real, right? Yep. Because they are real actors. Mm-hmm. Most of them are not VFX or 3D models yep. whereas in The Hobbit yep. they're all 3D models except the one main bad guy oh, so okay. actually you can you can tell that hey this guy looks a little bit funny huh? you know like the skin looks too shiny and then that, that's the part where human and technology hasn't caught up with realism yet yep. so we try our best to make it realistic but you know <laughs> it's not uh, I mean after Five or ten years, you can look back and say, "Hey, what the f- is this, man?" <laughs> yeah, I I think it's really hard, especially when like things are moving around so quickly, and then you don't just have to make something that 
looks like so-called realistic, right? Like you, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. You need to make sure that the texture is right. You need to make sure the the lighting is right, and you and just make sure that uh, I think the visual language of the object or person needs to blend in with the rest of the environment also. Like yeah, that's a very <laughs> very abstract, right? Abs- yeah. Abstract, but there are principles of lighting and how light shines onto an object and mm-hmm. how the light reflects back. Mm-hmm. And if you can achieve that similar to the way light works in real life, uh-huh. you're already like 80% there mm-hmm. and everything else is just like wear and tear, damage because in the real world, nothing is straight uh-huh. and nothing is perfect. So you should have some bruises, some holes in the walls yep. to differentiate real life from a 3D model. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, damn. Let- Speaking of like perfection, right? Vin Diesel's outfits in this movie. Oh my goodness! Like, I I think right the wardrobe uh, section they went to like uh I, I don't know what what clothes shop in a, in the US uh, are called. They went to like a J C Penney's, right? They got a T shirt, they they cut it up, they put it in bleach, and then they they put it on Vin Diesel because it's just so bright and it's so textured and so perfect. You can even see like you know the imperfections in the cuts in the sleeves like it's just fresh out of the wardrobe right and it was just so distracting the entire time like i don't know if it's like intentional but you just have to stare at vin diesel's chest the entire time (laughs) on screen (laughs) yeah and and the worst part is like you also cannot even tell what he's saying because he's slurring all the time he's probably coked out of his mind and then, it's like, then I'm just like looking, okay, like, let me just like stare at Vin Diesel's chest. Because the white is like such a bright white tank top. Yeah. I think there should be a theory for the movie's past Fast Furious 5 that everything is a hallucination. Where everybody's too coked out, you know, and dreaming of their good old days, you know, after they have settled down. Because after all, family, you know, the meme currently... <laughs> Family. So so they might be bored of like your, your old normie family life that yeah. they started taking drugs again yeah. to relive their old experiences and achievements. Yeah. So out of nowhere, I think Vin Diesel had a brother on Fast 9, right? Yes. Yeah, so like it was really weird because uh, so going back to the story, the they have a flashback sequence to the Vin Diesel's father passing away in an accident which is referenced in the first movie so it's not a spoiler but but then there's mysteriously this other brother that shows up and then it's John Cena who looks nothing like Vin Diesel and they have to explain by saying that oh the Toretto family line is full of mixed blood people yeah and, and, and they keep talking about John Cena's square jaw and they mention it <laughs> mention it like three times or something it's like all ass pools all around it yeah 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 so it's yeah, so it's like they really, really wanted to make this story work. And they, so they just fitted like all sorts of like tropes in and then they, they have all these unnecessary like action sequences and all these retcons. <laughs> I, was, I was so lost at the entire time. I, I think the movie has like a, a good like six acts mm. or, or, or something like that. When you, when you go in, they're, they're looking for this like item and they get, they get a first half. There's a... There's an act three action sequence in the first half of the on the, in the first third of the movie, and you get like at least two more of those at the end. But so at the, it was so tiring. Like I, I felt more tired than after I had watched at the Avengers Endgame or Infinity War <laughs> movies. 
So like, I, I would say like, uh, if you really have nothing to do, uh, there are no other movies out there. Her Black Widow is bad, but we will cover that in another <laughs> episode. But yeah, probably go with your friends and just just bathe in the ridic- ridiculousness of the movie. Oh, so you watched it in the cinema? Yeah, I watched it in the cinema. Yeah, okay, man. I would see how it would be exhausting to watch this movie because there are too much things happening and I bet in the cinema it's freaking loud. Yeah, so like, I think this movie constantly needs to remind you that it's a Fast and Furious movie by basically removing all like foot chase sequences and like subbing cars into the mix. You always have to look at the character, like, you know, shift gears, accelerate and things like that. Yeah, and then there's a copious amount of explosions and cars getting destroyed. No, sorry. Like, if you're a car lover, right, I don't think you want to watch any of these movies because it's just cars getting blown up. Uh, The reason why I also haven't been following the Fast Furious series, right, is because I am not a car lover. Yeah, okay. You know, so I have almost zero interest in cars. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm just watching this movie for the action, yep. right? So if I think from what you've been saying, if you're just in it for the action, maybe it's like a nice two to three hours action flick, yep. right? Yep. But I think if you want to watch this movie for its story, right? I think it's not up your alley. <laughs> no, def- def- definitely not. They, they keep so many plot lines open. Like uh, the, the bad guy doesn't die. And then they have like a, after credit sequence where they have, I think like Jason Statham who appeared in the last three movies but not this one. And then they, they just, again, they reference Paul Walker's character being alive and things like that. So they really want to keep things open, like keep this cash cow flowing. <laughs> but man, it is a riot. And I wonder if I should watch, you know, movies one to eight. By the way, have you heard of this guy called Ollie London? O- Ollie London? Yeah. Who's that? Okay, so Oli London is this British guy uh-huh. who went through multiple plastic surgeries oh. to look like a certain Korean boy band star. Oh, that guy. Oh my goodness. Yes, I, I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen him. I've heard of him, but like, I don't really follow like, what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't follow Korean stuff too, but uh, his premise is really interesting. Okay. Right. okay. So this guy, he had so many plastic surgeries just so he could look like uh, BTS star. Okay. Uh, Which one? I think it's Jimin. Oh, Jimin. Okay, okay. Okay. So, right now, he's pushing this narrative that he should be identified as they, them, uh-huh. core, as in Korean, Rian, and Jimin. So, this is one step into gender politics, right? Because of the pronouns and whatever. Wait, and wait, wait. I sort of agree with him okay okay wait so this guy is British is he what British Asian or oh no he's full British so he's like white lah okay so he's gotten the plastic surgery to look like a Korean and wants to be identified as a Korean via pronouns like how does that make sense well okay so you know right now people want to be identified as anything right yep okay so I've watched a video Uh where they sort of make a parody of this. It might not work in today's context, but it really makes you think, you know. So there's this video called Bobby the Sheep, where where he showed a LGBTQ person trying to identify as many things. And then they can be identified as many things as they want. Millions of pronouns are available for them. 
So they could identify like a lift door, <laughs> staircase, lift button, Apache helicopter, whatever you want. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Wait, so there's this... You're saying that there's a subgroup of people who basically have gone just beyond the traditional identifying as like male, male, female, and anything in between and anything that's not. And they start identifying themselves as objects. Yes. Oh, oh okay. I, I think that's a bit hard to parse. And man, like it's not just hard to parse, but it makes things very difficult for like LGBTQ people who need to be referred to by like, you know, what they identify as. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mean talk about transgender transgender is the most like straightforward one yep. yeah like like th- these are people like men and women who they don't appear a certain way and then they change their appearance to fit how they feel inside and then some people just refuse to call them by the pronouns that they want yep. and then you have this this guy who wants to be called a Korean yeah okay <laughs> I sort of agree with his line of thinking because in today's environment anybody like you know they don't want to restrict anybody from referring to themselves as whatever they want right yeah and you shouldn't to be to try to be inclusive to everybody right Mm -hmm. but Oli he is white he's Uh from Britain right using their logic he can be called a Korean if he wants to because it's after all an object a noun right also a pronoun it's how he feels inside right yeah Yeah, so. so he wants to be Korean because he feels like he's Korean. Although biologically and his ancestry is actually white and from and British. Yep. Right? There's nothing wrong with him wanting to be called a Korean or Korean. Yep. He even wants to be called Jimin. So if we were to follow the line of thought which yep. th- where you want to be inclusive to everybody, yep. he's not exactly wrong. Yeah. I think my first instinct upon hearing that, right, was to like, okay, la, then you, you prove to me that you're Korean, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I, I would never tell someone, like, okay, you prove to me that you're actually a man or you prove to me that you're actually yeah. a, a woman, right? I have to give you that benefit mm-hmm. of like being who you are la, if I want to be kind and if I want to be a, a, a accepting, right? Like, yeah. n- not to say that this... I don't even know whether to criticize Oli anymore. Mm. I, like, I, I just can't deal. Like, it, it's a different wavelength and... It's very hard for, I think, even like inclusive. I don't. Know. I, I think it's very hard for most people to pass. Yeah. Yeah. At at this point, like, uh, I can't believe that, you know, like properly gendering transgender now is very straightforward now. Mm. Like we are we are at this stage already. Yep. Yeah. I I feel like it can be a bad thing for people who truly need mm-hmm. their identity to change. Yep. Like from male to female yep. this might actually set set them back by a bit because mm-hmm. of how ridiculous Oli's case is and he's not exactly wrong you know yep. when you can identify as a, a Apache helicopter what's stopping you from becoming a Korean right but of course inside what what your DNA is and mm-hmm. whatever he deep down he's still white right yep. but of course um, to be inclusive even though those people who are pro-LGBT have to accept that Oli is not wrong. Let's bring it back to a slightly simpler example, okay? So the other day, you know Utada Hikaru? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she came out as, or rather, okay. So Utada Hikaru came out as non-binary, I think a couple of weeks ago. 
so the way the English language works is like you know he is for men, she is for women, and then I think for everything else in between, you can probably use a catch all day. Yeah, but she, or rather, Mutada Hikaru, decide has decided to use this uh prefix called uh, MX. So like Mister is MR, MR and and Miss is MS, right? So like MX is can be MX. anything. So, but it's pronounced mix, right? It makes sense, but I will have to explain it to you, right? Yeah. So, this is something that, as far as I know, is unique to her. Do you know anyone who uses mix? No. Right? Okay, so, when people want to identify or be referred to a certain way, right? Like, where do we, should we even set a limit on what words they can use? Because... I mean, granted, you know, the English language, I, I gave you three examples, right? I think some languages have more, you know, for like non-male, non-female, non-binary, or different construct altogether, right? So where do we draw the line? I think where we should draw the line would be when people with uncommon pronouns, mm-hmm. like mix and what XE, shouldn't expect people to get it right the first time. Uh. Because it takes two hands to clap. If the people want to get accepted, yep. they have to, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt when they meet people for the first time, mm. right? And then, uh, of course, there are people who straight up refuse to give people their correct pronouns, and then th- those people are just assholes, lah. Yeah. So we made a very good point where we probably have to differentiate a bit between the two scenarios: one with the very uncommon pronouns. So I think. We hope that those people who need those pronouns can have some a bit of patience. I think people take days or weeks to get used to, you know, switching a pronoun, let alone a new, completely new word, right? But at the same time, like, I think for journalists or regular people who insist on misgendering people, then it's not good, lah. Like, what's so difficult about just, you know, like, flipping a switch like especially if it's a more straightforward like male to female and female to male these frameworks exist in your head already and these people already look like what they want to be called so I think for that we can afford to be more strict and angry with people who misgender sexual minorities yeah remember the time where there's this student in like a a secondary school oh Pauli and JC right Yep. and then MOE straight up refused to refer that person by their own, their, their, their correct pronoun. And yeah, then like, yeah. there was a huge hoo-ha over this as well. Yeah, yeah and th- the thing is, it doesn't take much and it's of no real cost to MOE to do that because nobody else was, I mean, as far as the stakeholders were concerned, the girls' classmates, the girls' teachers, I think nobody had a problem with, with switching over to the pronouns. Yeah, but it's just the MOE PR just simply refused to do it lah. And I think mm. many, many people rightfully took offense at that. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the straight up being an asshole <laughs> yeah. scenario, right? Yeah. I think, uh, bare minimum. Uh, I, I mean, the two of us are uh, millennials. Uh, yeah. So this is something more new to us. Like, we're, we're not very that deep into, you know, the, that, and the kind of environment and thought process. But uh, yeah, like, uh, please don't cancel us. I think... We are trying to be open-minded and accept everything, but this is us, like our opinion. We are not trying to impose anything on anyone. <laughs> 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 we suddenly have to put in a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, 
Unless, unless everyone's a man. Everyone's a man. Everyone yeah. go do NS now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So recently, the government has been rolling out vaccines, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've moved my appointment up to this Wednesday. Oh, that's really quick, eh? Yeah, I, I was really surprised at like how quick it ended up feeling. Mm. I, I, know, I know you got your vaccine like really, really long ago, right? Like, how long has it been? Uh, I got... My vaccine in May because I was supposed to be deployed mm-hmm. until our cases started rising. Okay. Yeah. We deployed to where? De- deployed for oh because my NS vocation is under police. Okay. Okay. So I was supposed to be deployed for World Economic Forum. Yeah. But that's not gonna happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Destroy. Tear down the capitalists. But ah oh, man. But yeah, I was very very you know impressed at the way that the vaccination stations were run. Yeah, they are very very efficient. And well run actually, very orderly. Yeah, I showed up at I think my my designated time like twelve p.m. Mm. and then there were like eight guys after me. I, I don't know why we were, it was just like eight eight dudes, and we, we just sat down and like before we knew it, I was just at a waiting area, like just waiting to go, and like everything was so smooth. Everyone knew exactly what questions to ask. Yeah, in fact, I felt like I was like kind of even on a sort of com- conveyor belt. And I, I was really, really relieved that, like, after me, I started to see, like, b- like slightly older people, like, come in. I think a bit... Uh, so- sorry, Gen Xers in your <laughs> 40s. Yeah, but... for I mean, for now, I think we are at a good place. I mean, most of the population is going to be vaccinated in two weeks' time. Mm, yeah. I think the Delta variant scare put these uh, plans... I mean, pushed these plans mm-hmm. much earlier so that everybody is somewhat protected. Yeah, yeah. I think like the Delta variant is like really messing with the plans of like a lot of other countries, Vietnam and Korea. That they they used to be handling the situation well, and then it kind of it's just escalated for uh for them. It almost escalated for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, I think uh, we managed to escape. I think Tokyo also got fucked by <laughs> by oh. the Delta variant, right? Uh, no, it's not the Delta variant. Oh, you got, yeah, you got by, by the, the Olympic committee. Oh, f- oh yeah. shit. But I think many people are concerned with the fact that um, just because you are vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you can't... Uh, yeah, you, you can be infected, but it might not develop into COVID, but it also can develop into COVID, especially if like you know someone like, like sneezes in your face or something, if they're not wearing a mask properly. Yeah, so um, a few months back, mm-hmm. there are still people who are complacent and refuses to wear their mask right so i'd like to point out one incident which i got some flag for oh okay uh, so there's this Same indian cancer. indian sovereign lady uh-huh, uh-huh. like the netizens would put it, put it. <laughs> sovereign yeah so she straight up refuses to wear a mask uh-huh. right so when she was convicted and you know asked to book in into imh mm-hmm. i was like i was laughing at her Demise, you mm-hmm. know. But then I got some flat from that because people were like, can't you be more kind, you know? She might have some mental problems. But then the way I view it is, imagine if this lady will have, were to have COVID. Mm-hmm. It's basically someone having a knife and pointed right at you. Yep. If she sneezes, she's stabbing, she's stabbing you already. Yep. Right? Um. So, so I, w- I wouldn't take it as if she has mental problems, she would be a... In my eyes, she's a insane killer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And would you 
take pity on an insane killer, right? Ah, okay. Right. I... So that that's of course if she had COVID lah. Yeah. But you could never be too sure about about it, right? Yeah. I think the the law doesn't differentiate on like whether these people have COVID or not, mm-hmm. but generally in most of these cases they would have committed like some offense uh, and mm-hmm. i think mental illness is just it's taken into consideration but it doesn't like you know like immediately set you free it from, doesn't absolve you of all crime yeah, exactly anyway. you, you still need to serve some sort of punishment mm-hmm. some sort of punishment and uh, and uh, i think it won't be it definitely won't be the maximum maximum sentence but i also am very careful to like kind of comment on these kind of things because i think people with uh, are more sympathetic to people with like mental health issues, mm-hmm. especially those they caught. But ironically, like people are not sympathetic with to people with mental health issues in their own life. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, that's a conversation for another day. But so I got flagged for saying mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be happy that these people are you know being punished okay. for whatever actions they have done. Okay, but so, what what do you think about the British guy who? Got caught, you know the one who oh. just refused to wear a mask, and then he went to court, and he good riddance, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy, right? Like <laughs> the guy. Yeah, you know, like Singapore has been handling COVID pretty okay. Uh huh. So in the same vein of you know the sovereign lady, uh-huh. if this guy were to have COVID, he's basically pointing guns at people in the MRT compartment. Okay. Right. So with him being so stubborn and thinking that COVID is a hoax. I don't think like this kind of people should be in Singapore, and also like he should get whatever punishment that's coming for him, okay. regardless of whether he wants to stay here or not. Hypothetical like plot twist, right? Yeah. This guy has schizophrenia. Turns uh, out he has schizophrenia. Then like, should we like redact our statements? Retract our statements? Um, no, because there are people who have illnesses that are not doing this as well. Ah, okay. right. So yeah, I see. If people, I mean. Mental illness is not a black and white issue, right? Yeah. It's it's very grey. Yeah. So while yes, if he has schizophrenia, oh, yep. schizophrenia. schizophrenia yeah. well, if that guy has schizophrenia, yeah. that doesn't absolve him of any like all of his crime anyway. You yeah. know? Depending on his punishment, whether mm. he needs a psychiatric assessment or anything, uh, whether he needs a psychiatric assessment, we still shouldn't have these people about in the open. I I think it's very hard for the average person to confront another person who is not wearing a mask. Yeah. Because if you tell someone to put their mask on, right, I think for the people who don't want to put a mask on, their very immediate reaction is like, who are you to tell me to put a mask on? Yeah, a la batch lady, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and and, and then I I think many of us get taken aback, like, except, you know, some those who are really really principled and will just say oh you know this is a public health issue like please cooperate like like uh you know i i'm just asking you nicely you can you should be protecting like you know the the old people and the children and things like and things like that right like i mean personally for me like i just try to move out of my way i i i've become too tired to kind of deal with these people Mm -hmm. what about you i feel that i think singaporeans are non-confrontational people Mm -hmm. right so I wouldn't be surprised if nobody, you know, walked up to the Brit and asked him to wear his mask in a nice way. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, someone did ask him to wear his mask. Yep. And he retaliated. I mean, he reacted in a an offensive way, right? Yep. You know, 
So it's not like we didn't try to help him. Yeah. If this guy were to have like mental illnesses or what. Yeah. But from his appearance in the court, you can tell that he's already very stubborn. With yeah. even refusing to wear the mask right outside the court. I think he he got on like international Reddit, right? Like or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So even his people are flaming him. <laughs> but then there are also like a small minority that are actually funding his ticket out of there. Uh-huh. For some reason. But you know why why do you have to make this political man? <laughs> but that's another a story for another day, I guess. Uh but I I mean uh as long as it's not on the taxpayer's dime that he's gone like I'm, I'll be very happy yeah but I think I'm just th- thinking about what you said about having to deal with people's unreasonable reactions if you tell them to you know wear a mask I'm actually at a point now where like I, I don't even care about anti-vaxxers anymore mm. I don't even tell them to like go get vaccinated because I, I know that they, they just won't listen mm. like, I think there's, there's no point like the rest of us should just get vaccinated and move on and we probably can hit herd immunity Yep. Even without these people getting vaccinated. Mm. I guess for anti-vaxxers, right? The allure of leaving Singapore for leisure traveling mm-hmm. should be big enough so that these people are forced to get vaccinated, right? Yeah. Because everybody is sick and tired of being stuck in Singapore. Mm-hmm. We are so small, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's actually a really good point. And I, I think that's the reason why people are getting Sinovac. Because oh. I, I think, if I'm not wrong, right, uh, China has preferential entry for people who have been vaccinated with Sinopharm or Sinovac. Mm. Yeah, so I think the people who want to enter China have strategically chosen to take the, the Sinovac vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there was, there's a lot of discussion amongst the international community that a lot of Western countries, they are only accepting of travelers who've taken basically western vaccines uh. mm-hmm. and uh, I think I mean the travel staff Singaporeans are more than happy to comply to go yeah I think once you set the rule that you need your vaccine passport mm-hmm. to travel yeah that will be the time where the anti-vaxxers will be like forced to make a decision yeah. <laughs> or to be stuck in Singapore for the rest of their lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I can mention the FOMO is real, like even for people who are not the older people who aren't on Instagram. Yeah. They just have like their WhatsApp groups, right? And then people are just flying off to like all over Europe and and maybe like Taiwan or, or Australia. Mm-hmm. Man, but that would expose their hypocrisy like so badly. Mm. I guess the other way they would be tempted to take the vaccine if their loved ones were to get COVID. And then they they will realize the reality that, you know the vaccine would have protected them uh-huh. and you know their loved, one, loved ones wouldn't be in that predicament because of the vaccine anymore. But, but yeah, it's so frustrating because many of these anti-vaxxers right, have relatives that are not anti-vaxxers who've gotten vaccinated and so these people are kind of like free-riding off the effects of the vaccine. Yeah. Which, which is an intended effect but then they get to perpetuate their wrong beliefs in a very very safe environment uh. so I would uh, I would disagree with you and say that the only way for them to understand is for them to get oh, COVID <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah 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 that makes much more sense yeah I like I, I, I keep asking people this right so like when did the fear of COVID become the fear of vaccine hmm I have no answer to that yeah. however 
even with the invention of the internet, where you can get information from all over the world, there are still people who are stupid. <laughs> oh, no, uh, I, I just... Okay, so we actually had a really nice and kind outro to wrap up this episode. But then this week, there was a new cluster of COVID-19 cases. And it involved a lot of people who worked at or frequented these very shady karaoke bars and hostess clubs. Yeah, and so I called Zhen Jie back to have another conversation about it. The other quality is going to be a bit different here because we had to do it over Zoom. Like, the reason why I called you here tonight is because we want to discuss major, major cluster that's emerged yep, yep. in Singapore in the last couple of days, which is what they are dubbing the KTV cluster. Yep. Yeah. So do you want to tell the listeners what the KTV cluster is? Okay, so the KTV cluster is the newest cluster in Singapore. Yes, brand and new. And this, this Vietnamese national entered Singapore and then infected a bunch of people. In the KTV, supposedly for only F and B, but you know, <laughs> it has a different meaning now. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> there, there's so much to unpack here. Like I, I just I sent you a document just now. It's like two pages of facts of the case, right? Mm. I think a lot of people had a knee-jerk reaction and they started to blame this Vietnamese woman. But do you think it's really mm-hmm. her fault? Do I think it's her fault? Yeah. No, I don't. Think it's a fault because she entered in February and by then the symptoms and everything will have resolved itself already. But do we know that she is the one like for the KTV cluster, is she patient zero or no she, right? She's just the first case, la, right? Uh, uh. Yeah, but, but we don't know whether she where she got the COVID from, like whether it's with someone from within the same cluster or like somewhere else, right? Mm, I think she got targeted because she's Vietnamese and you know it's not a very savory place like mm-hmm. you know it's a Lasabama. Yep. Right. So with all these things, she unfortunately is the scapegoat for the KTB cluster. Right. Yeah. Which which is them sad because she's the one who owned up first, right? She's the one who like actually did what she was supposed to do. I mean, her her job aside, but like she's the one who actually went to the doctor and got mm. herself treated, right? Yeah, mm. and she wasn't the only hostess involved in this situation. So like, I don't know. I feel like people are just very eager to blame one person. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but then, <laughs> if you don't blame somebody, right, then where will the anger be directed to, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, the, right. Okay. So so mm. like you either blame the tikope, but the tikope are anonymous, and it's very hard to like to be angry at a group of unknowns. At yeah. least this one, everybody can rarely under one flag and say like fuck la, the Vietnamese hostess is at fault because she go and entice Tiko Pei to go and find her something like that yeah <laughs> yeah and and how to say uh, like it's a better defined group right like the Vietnamese mm. hostess rather than like uh, like we, we call them Tiko Pei but you know there could be anyone you don't really know who mm. they are they could be like a very high ranking public servant they could be a taxi driver and there was mm. a satay salesman or something like that right Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's very hard to pin down. Like we, we need a, we need like one name and one face, right? So we can direct channel all our anger towards like this horny bastard. Bastards. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. You need you need to have like the case, uh, some sort of identity for this person, right? So mm-hmm. if it's an official, it's like, oh, it's an MP, oh everybody will be up in arms. You know, like how 
can we elect some MP to govern Singapore if he goes to this last up place? Yep. But honestly, it's their business. Lah, you know? yeah. I mean, let's talk a bit about the reasons why people are so angry with regard to this case. Lah. There are many layers here and, and, I feel, and feel free to add on, right? So num- number one, it's nightlife. Nightlife yes. that, that's been... That's not supposed to happen by the laws and restrictions that we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so there's a blatant... Uh, Resentment. Blatant breaking of the rules. Uh. Yes. Unfortunately, like this nightlife is the, the shadow of the KTV that I think most people want, mm-hmm. which is the family daytime KTVs. Yeah, which is what you and I love to go do, la. So, oh my gosh. Yes, we are, we belong to this group where we are patiently waiting for the day where they open up the family friendly KTV uh, to the public, right? Yep. Uh, we love our karaoke sessions, you know. Yeah. So, us being patiently waiting, yeah, till the day comes, mm-hmm. and this kind of shit happens. Yep. It's like clenched fists, you know. Like, why, why, why do you do this? You know, everybody has been holding out for so long yep. and then suddenly this happened and then it puts this in the street. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hello, sorry, my mom came in and she was asking me uh, whether this like brown onesie she's wearing like, looks good. <laughs> then I had to kind <laughs> of advise her like how to accessorize. <laughs> like, I don't know why she's asking me, but okay. Where, where were we? Sorry. This KTV cluster painting the family-friendly KTV in a bad light. I think you said that we were all uh, waiting very patiently, right? And then like mm. this, this ugly ass motherfucker. Motherf- Gyoheng's been bleeding tens of thousands of dollars every single month because they can't open. I'm literally kneeling down outside every Gyoheng outlet I see. It's like, let me give you money. Let me give you money. Please survive. Like, sell us advanced credit, right? So once they open, we can just like give them our, our business. Yeah, and you and I also have this problem where we keep going to Donald Donkeys. And then there's one outlet, particular outlet that has a cash studio there. Yeah, yeah. the khaki one. Uh, our hombu, <laughs> shin hombu. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so back to... You, you want to talk a bit about how you feel about the dining restrictions? Oh, I, I'm okay with that actually because... <laughs> <laughs> so due to this new KTV cluster... Mm-hmm. Uh, dining restrictions have been restricted once again. O- only two people are able to dine in together. Unless you're vaccinated. Yeah. But even so, it's still... This class is going to be slightly more dangerous, you know, because the people who came in contact with this KTV cluster might not want to... Uh, like, they don't want to come out, right? I think one of the unfortunate things about this KTV cluster is that because it's much larger than the other clusters that we've been dealing with so far, right? Its area of influence is so large that thousands of people are being quarantined right now and like potentially thousands more. 
yeah so it's not just these people who've been working in the ktv outlets you know and or, or patronizing the outlets it's their friends and family and all that you know like suddenly mm-hmm. one day like imagine your dad comes home or, or you come home i don't know like <laughs> but like but then, uh, then your whole family <laughs> then your whole family has to just stay indoors like at home that, because of like one motherfucker. yeah yeah now that this cluster is quite big right Mm-hmm. you wouldn't know whether you come in contact with any of them and I think this KTV cluster has a uh, bad reputation to it yeah. like if you were to come forward and say oh shit I got COVID right yep. people might label you as one of those tikopes who, yep, yep. who visited these unsavory places ah. mm-hmm. and that in turn would, would actually harm Singapore even further as people want to avoid being labeled as Nikope and then they will hide their illnesses and not yep. go for checkup. Yep. Right? And I think this is a very, very serious problem. We I don't know how we're going to uh fix this, but mm. it, it looks bleak la, for now. Yeah, so initially I was really, really like angry, alright. And I mean I still am, but then I wanted to like you know find someone to nail to a cross and then like point at the guy and said oh this is the this is the asshole you know who got us all into trouble and after that you know just go and find more of people like them but then I realized it, it's it's a really really dangerous mindset to have because like imagine doing that to people with HIV who are HIV positive right mm-hmm. it's the like, same thing this is a huge problem that they faced in the eighties and the nineties and it, it's a stigma they still carry. To this very day, like 30, 40 years later, you know, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm someone who who has uh, HIV, then therefore I had like unprotected gay sex and I'm a queer, like, you know, I must, I deserve to die, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, like what, what do we do? Do we just like wait for these feelings to boil over? Because um, it's, you know, this, this resentment might last for a while. Mm, after looking at the big picture right i think we shouldn't be too harsh on these people you know mm-hmm. i understand that quarantine fatigue is a thing mm-hmm. yeah we have been shut off from the world for a year plus already and then mm-hmm. everybody has lost their patience i guess you know like they, they can't resist the temptation anymore especially after the new regulations allowing five or more people to dine in together. Unfortunately, these people broke the rules and had obviously had more than five people in like a room. Something like 10 people in like a small room or something like that. Like when I read an article, yeah. Yeah. So although I understand quarantine fatigue, Mm -hmm. Just this small group has ruined everything for everyone. You know, I'm afraid that this cluster will grow Mm -hmm. and then it it will delay the opening of borders for us to go to other countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where I decided like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be too harsh on these guys. They have the freedom to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. However whether they can answer to their families or, you know, their partners is another thing. So I think they should do the right thing and, you know, come forward and get tested first, get quarantined, 
recover from COVID if they do have COVID. And then, you know, like, <laughs> we, we would be safer, I guess. You know, like, you don't, you don't endanger an entire population of Singapore. Like, just get it over and done with within these five weeks, right? Join your fellow Lapsup KTV goers. Like, all of you just come out. And then, like, if everything goes well and we are back to normal after, you know, like, five weeks, six weeks, then, you know, there's a higher chance of people forgetting. But if you hide in a population and you continue to spread the virus because you don't want to let people know that you have it, then you're going to prolong your own suffering. Mm. You'll be (laughs) guilty, I guess. You know, like, if you have a conscious, you'll be like, shit. If I get COVID, right? How am I gonna tell my my wife or or, or my kids that I, why why am I staying home right now and mm-hmm. I'm not going out? You know that it's very hard to hide, like, Honestly, too. If if you are in, in contact with the KTV cluster and then without any reason you have to stay at home and not go out, I think it's better to just voice out and go get yourself checked and you know get quarantined. <laughs> Okay, so one thing I have to respect, right, is this satay seller. He actually came out uh-huh. and got himself checked. Mm-hmm. So everybody who may have been involved in the KTV cluster can associate it themselves with yeah. the satay seller, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I actually went to this Topayo satay store and bought satay. You saw the news, right? They said that the uh, satay seller got COVID and was in the KTV cluster, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm innocent. Trust me, you know. <laughs> the guy is the MVP. The, 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 ultimate alibi, the ultimate alibi, you know. Yeah. I also want to bring out this interesting photo I, I saw on Carousel. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy. Mm-hmm. He actually offered a special service Ooh. for... Happy ending? Um, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, a special service for the KTV cluster people. You know, so what was he advertising? His description reads, Did you recently go to one of the KTV slash night spots under the crackdown for an innocent dinner and not, not expect to be involved in a serious COVID cluster where it's kind of awkward now to explain to your wife or girlfriend? Fret not. For a small fee, you can hire me to be your alibi for whatever excuse you would like. And I can take the fall for you. Nothing illegal though. And he's advertising for like $500. I'm like, oh, this guy is smart, man. <laughs> I-, I hope he earns some money. Like, I, I like, call it manipulative or whatever, like, but this man has found a gap in the market and he is there to fill that gap. Yeah, I, I think when you cause such a problem in society, right? Mm-hmm. This is actually one of your outs, your, your way outs. And I think... If we look at the big picture, if if you just need to get a, some alibi to cover your ass, mm. I, I'm not saying it's right, but yeah. it's a way out, right? And you take whatever outs you can get, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like it's like uh I, I I had satay with this guy, man. It's so good. Have you tried it? True, true, true. But they can say like, oh, uh, I I went there to buy mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> go to mother buy mangoes mangoes uh, yeah like someone's mom or something like, like went to buy mangoes yeah. and then like she, now she's quarantined no no not just her like the whole family is quarantined I guess 
one thing that I was irritated about, right, is whether it's true or not that they found out who the Vietnamese hostess is, mm-hmm. randomly throwing out some person's photo like this is very dangerous into this environment, eh? I mean, it, it's totally fake news, though. Like, totally unverified, mm. but, like, nobody is posting it. Nobody who knows who she is is allowed to post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. why why would you believe it, you know? Yes. Actually, there was one similar incident that happened, like, one or two months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Hari Raya wedding caricature cutout thing? Mm-hmm. So... The lady in question was Sarah Bagarib, I think, mm-hmm. right? Where she was voicing out saying that her wedding photos isn't meant to be a caricature for Hari Raya celebrations, you know? Yep. Same thing, lah. somebody threw out a photo of someone who they thought was Sarah. Yep. And it turns out it's not Sarah, you know? And then we have a politician coming sharing this article and you know saying that oh everything happens for a reason let's not be divisive mm. and then they post the wrong article and the person in in the picture is not Sarah mm. and then wow it shows like you, you know what it shows it shows the difference in quality uh, between that guy uh, and the ministers who actually have to do the press conference yeah. Like the health minister is trying his best not to pop a few blood vessels while asking the men, I mean mostly men, to come forward and get themselves tested for COVID after going to the mm. KTV, those KTV bars, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you have this like very like trigger-happy uh, guy who lost an election and now has <laughs> a lot of time on his hands. Whoops, yeah, whoops. shots fired. <laughs> Whatever, like, come get me. Uh, I'm, I don't care. Yeah. 